The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Recording, recording. Yes. <laughs> Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and another week here in the Q Life. I'm JD Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosa. Welcome to our show. Hello. We have uh, a little bit of tech news here, a little yes. bit of winsome nostalgia because we're all spending a lot of time with ourselves and, and maybe thinking back to our childhoods. But for those of us who are tech nerds, we have very specific things that we're thinking about too. So we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite retro games here. And uh, I'm sure Al Kaiser here has something to talk about here at the top of the show. I do. Uh, Actually, I do very much. Have you watched that show Titans? Do you have DC Universe? I do not have DC Universe. Now, might this be the Teen Titans in repackaged yes, form? It is a the Teen Titans in repackaged form. I started watching it the first season. And the only thing I can say about the first season is that it was brutal. I mean, brutal as in you felt brutal. bad for them or it was just boring? No, brutal as in the violence was over the top. First words out of Robin's mouth. Dick Grayson Robin is uh-huh. like F Batman. Oh, you know, wow. come on. They're trying to come like on. lay down you know, a they, marker here. Yeah. That's exactly what they tried to do. That's a perfectly well said. They tried to really make this not your father's Batman mm-hmm. or Robin or Teen Titans, whatever. Yeah, so we're, we're forgetting all about the George Perez and the Marv Wolfman, the glory Absolutely. days of Titans in the 80s when they were kind of goofy and exquisitely drawn. Totally um, Totally forgot. So is this like the Zack Snyder Titans? Yes, absolutely. That's exactly what it was. Dark, violent. Actually, the violence really took me out of the story. It was more like, uh, I know you didn't watch it either, but it was more like uh, The Punisher on Netflix. Uh, Well, I know know the Punisher comics. It's it's a, the, the dude's got some issues to work through there. Yes, exactly. And that was the violence level. It was like people's arms are being crunched off, you know, blood spurting all over the place. Robin is legitimately completely out of control. And I really, I couldn't, I couldn't get into it. I could not. I slogged through the entire season. Starfire, she was a stone cold killer. Oh, well, because she was and, kind of an innocent in the comics. I mean, the, or I haven't read the comics in years, but she, she was sort of the new exactly. young she, innocent back then. Exactly right. Well, not in this series. Beast Boy was just goofy. I mean, he was goofy in the comics and he was always more of a, a comic relief, but he was still, I mean, this guy can turn into any animal on the planet. Yeah. You know, that's pretty heavy. No, they have him just turning into a, a lion, basically, or a tiger. I'm sorry. I mean, the, the, the special effects were okay. I mean, when Raven was probably the best character out of all of them. The, yeah. the, the woman who plays Raven, Tegan Croft, I believe her name is. She's fantastic. She really nails it. They get the duality of who she is. She wants to be good, but she's, you know, Trigon is, you know. Yeah, daughter of a demon. Yeah, kind of a bummer. Exactly. You you get it. You get it. Daddy issues. Right. So I wasn't going to watch the second season, but I'm glad I did. It's become closer to what the George Perez and Marv Wolfman comics are. You've got Deathstroke. You've got Dr. Light. When you're dealing with a comic book story, like the first season was really a horror movie that went on for like 12 episodes or 11 episodes, dealing with the whole thing about Raven and and her background and demons and all that. I mean, it was okay, but I want 
bad guys. I want supervillains. You know what I mean? Yeah, I want you need your, your moral conundrums between light and dark. Uh, did they get a new showrunner or did they just realize, oh, we really kind of screwed the no. pooch on that first season and turned everyone off because it wasn't really the Titans brand that they thought they were getting. And so they reverse course. You have crystallized my thoughts eloquently. That's exactly, I think, what they did. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to, to, to gunk up your thoughts there. But No, 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 absolutely not. You, you nailed it. The thing is, Greg Berlanti, he does all the Arrowverse shows, and, you know, he's he's like, he is the TV guy when it comes to DC. He's executive producing this show, and they've got some heavy hitters, and the tone is way different in terms of the look and in terms of the storytelling. It's way different than the Arrowverse shows, but it's still now this season, it really comes together as a comic book show. It's not a horror show like it was trying to be. It wasn't trying to run away from what it was. It's embraced its comic book world. You know, Deathstroke has the Deathstroke outfit. Mm -hmm. Isai Morales, who's playing Slade Wilson, is Ooh. awesome. Oh, yeah. Just he's an amazing actor anyway. Yeah. I mean, he's terrifying. I mean, you know, Manu Bennett, the guy who played him on Arrow, I mean, big, burly guy, but he just doesn't have the gravitas. Yeah. He didn't have that, you know, okay, this guy's lived some lives. Mm -hmm. Really enjoying the second season of Titans. I'm hoping they continue and I'm like halfway through. I'm going to cancel my DC Universe subscription, though, after I finish watching this because I can't see myself paying for this anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, belt tightening the whole nine yards. But, and I still firmly believe that HBO Max is going to absorb a lot of this stuff once it comes online in May. But you watched, if you can get through the first season, hell, I got through the first two seasons of Shit's Creek, mm -hmm. right? So I had to give this another yeah. try. The violence is still heavy, but they've toned it down where it's not like blood spurting and all sorts of crazy. Yeah, you don't want the Sam Peck and Paw Titans. You know? okay, now, for people who are not completists, but want to see the show. Can they just skip the first season and go straight to the second, not miss anything or are there things oh, yeah. in the first season that, that throw back to no, I mean they do, but you, if you watch the first episode, technically the first episode of season two should have been the finale of season one. For some reason, they decided to make it season two opening show, but it starts yeah. right away. It wraps up the, the, the Raven storyline and it throws you right into the death stroke and Dr. Light storyline. So yeah, I don't, you know, if you want to skip the first season, just watch the previously on Titans. Oh, and yes. that'll catch you up. Yeah. No, those those things up. are good for that sort of thing. They sure are. They sure are. Anyway, I've gassed on long enough. I'm sure there was some kind of news. Is there, first off, is there any news that is not Rona based? Well, there's uh, Apple, as we briefly mentioned last week, but digging into details, they they put out the, you know, their update to the SE iPhone and uh, not the iPhone right. 9, little $400 job, 9, looks you. a lot like the iPhone 8. <laughs> and, uh, but, but they've, because it is. <laughs> yes. But they've gone under the hood and they, and they put in some, some fairly nice hardware underneath there, there but the starting price is $399 for people who uh, are not going to be able to deal with a thousand dollar phone for a million nope. reasons uh, in this day. And this could be a thing that, that gets them updated. Can't beat it uh, with a stick. Can't yeah. Beat it with and I can, they can run the modern OS and, and the chips and I think it's an A13 by, you know, so they've got uh, some, some decent specs in there. It's just oh, the smaller. This one is bionic too. Yeah, I believe this one has the Bionic chip in there, but it's got the the 4.7 screen. Should, if you want to do the Bionic I? noise, yes. Of course. Da -na -na -na. Ding, 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 ding. 
you know, you're go. looking through your closet for your red tracksuit now. Of course. Yes. Of course. So, uh, so, so that happened. That that was, I would call that a non-coronavirus story. It's just Apple putting out product. And, and I do have a few that aren't specifically Rona. There's some because you can't get away from it. Uh, it's yeah. a virus. It will follow you everywhere. But there's some. It's all Rona all the time. Yeah, you know, except when we can conduct the Rona. But um, well, well, let's you know start off with Zoom here. Um, you know, they're peripheral because of their pandemic popularity. It got very popular and went through the the roof last month because everyone was using it before they realized the security issues were fully known to the public, and that's when all the schools and and people who didn't want privacy uh, or security problems kind of stepped away from it. <laughs> yeah, if you didn't want privacy, you could just keep using. It. Yeah, yeah. If you're like, I don't care about it, you know, just you know, I like I like the backgrounds. Yeah, so yes. so some. Some people and some people just kept on with it, even though Zoom says that they're they're patching up all of these gaping holes. Zoom security problems, as though they may have come as a surprise to the general public, the company's business partners pretty much had a insight into the fact that they did have some issues there. Specifically, uh, their corporate business partners, as the New York Times reports, Dropbox privately paid hackers to find holes in Zoom security just to see what they, because I guess they had partnered with them on, you know, Dropbox stuff for Zoom or whatever. Dropbox, you know, I just had some hackers, take a look, see what you can bust up. And the hackers came back and said, well, and so Dropbox was not happy with the lack of security there. As the Times reports, Dropbox grew so concerned that vulnerabilities in the video conferencing system might compromise its own corporate security that the file hosting giant took the unusual step of policing Zoom's security practices itself. This is according to former engineers who worked at Dropbox, spoke on the condition of anonymity because they weren't authorized to speak about it. So so Dropbox hires these hackers, and the hackers find all this bad stuff. And then Dropbox is like, yo, Zoom, you have these problems. Please go fix them. And this is going back a couple of years, too. I think they were thinking maybe like 2018 when this was started. So the the last month revelation that Zoom is a big chicken wire uh, when it comes to security, (laughs) Dropbox knew about it. And Dropbox, I think, is the only one people who have spoken uh, anonymously from this company. But if Zoom had other corporate partners, I wonder how many of them also knew that it was... Perhaps uh, not your Fort Knox of lockdown uh, code there. But if you're a Zoom user, though, it's a good story to read, uh, and we'll put a link to it on the show page. But speaking of Zoom, Bloomberg reports that people out there, and they're paying real money to get into virtual nightclubs on the video conferencing service. Uh, this is, you know, a testament to Zoom's flexibility and popular. It's why everyone was using it in the first place. But people are buying tickets for DJ live streams and exclusive access to these online gatherings. The Bloomberg story describes a Zoom uh, party club, for example, called Club Quarantine, where guests can uh, purchase tickets for $10 a pop online or they can pay $80 for a private room. I guess you have to do your own bottle service. But they can uh, party alongside uh, Instagram famous DJs and burlesque dancers and the whole, you know, kind of yacht party thing right there in a Zoom room. And yeah, Club Quarantine, I believe it was... uh, the, the, the big one that, that was coming on the story. But there's other ones, and there, there's, you know, gay clubs and different kinds of nightclubs all on Zoom that people will give the money. I mean, we've seen the virtual performance spaces now, like Stage It, where you, you can yeah. buy some other in-game currency and support your favorite singer or drag persona or whoever, and you get these little private video shows. This, I think, is taking the whole Zoom, the little squares of meetings, and just blowing it up into a pulsating club beat uh, within those little squares. Uh, boots and pants and boots and pants. And yeah, I mean, and t- <laughs> yes, <laughs> precise. And t- but until we get holodeck, you know, I don't really see me going for the 2D square, you know, not that I'm a clubber anyway, but 
but the fact that these popped up so quickly. Yeah, please. I'd rather be in Second Life. Is that still a thing? Second I think Life? it's still no. out there. Yes, you right. know, still out there. Not not as popular uh, in its heyday in the mid aughts, but Second Life, I believe, is still around. So so no club quarantine for you then. Um, no. Moving on, Walmart uh, is throwing in the cheaply made imported towel on Vudu, which is its on demand video service. So that was in competition really? with all the other video services out there. Fandango has agreed to buy Vudu for an undisclosed amount of money, but it does get a decent subscriber base with that. Uh, I hadn't realized that Voodoo was this big, but I guess it had about 100 million devices across the country wow. that you could get it on, including smart TVs, Blu-ray players, game consoles, uh, other set-top streaming boxes. And then they also had their mobile apps for iOS and Android and Windows 10 and Mac desktop systems. So there was a lot of Voodoo out there. Yeah, that's a lot of Voodoo. Yes, as part of the agreement with Fandango, Voodoo will continue to supply the content for Walmart's digital movie and TV store on walmart.com if you were buying your your digital streams there uh, at Wally World. If you are a Voodoo user and you're a bit worried about all this because you've invested some money and and perhaps have some pixels uh, that you feel you purchased, Walmart has said that Voodoo customers will have uninterrupted access to their Voodoo libraries and they will be able to continue to use their Walmart logins and their Walmart wallets to make purchases on the Voodoo service. So That's nice of them. Yeah, so, so not too much of a transition bump there. But uh, yeah, I didn't realize Fandango uh, wanted to get into the you know, move beyond the movie tickets and let's just start stream. But it kind of makes sense if they're, they're sort of trying to be a, a all-purpose entertainment hub there. Well, I think this whole situation with movie theaters gone has put a hurting on their business. A few of them are trying the, the home streams and maybe this... You know, it's all kind of tied into just uh, what we can do at home now for the foreseeable future. Although I guess in some parts of the country, things are lifting. That is the perfect segue to the next story. Okay, let's lay it on me because yes, it's yes. what I think you're going to say. Yes, well, uh, as you know, I have uh, thoughts. Yes, that uh, backlash against the mandatory stay-at-home orders to stop the spread of COVID-19 has been whipping up in the past week or two as uh, people desperate to get out of their houses or perhaps away from their families and back to work or social life have congregated in public places to protest. We've seen a few of these. Uh, Michigan had one. I believe there's one in Texas. A lot of people with signs out on the steps of courthouses complaining about... Yeah, but if you dig a little deeper, there's some astroturfing going on here. Oh, yes. Uh, yes, I believe uh, the astroturf you refer to there of some of these supposed grassroots events are uh, said to be funded by big money groups mm-hmm. making them astroturfy. Yep. And uh, one of the ways that they're trying to trace this is because many of the planned protests are advertised on Facebook. Now, uh, Facebook, because it knows who's buying what ads and what things are happening, they have stepped up and removed posts promoting events around several states, including California, Nebraska, and New Jersey, because these advertised events uh, that they were promoting there violated protective measures uh, imposed by the governors of those states. And I don't know, I think that was more about just violating the governor's orders than than Facebook saw that this was a big money group that was secretly trying to fund this. Because I don't know if they have that level of disclosure, but according to unpublished analysis by First Draft, which is a disinformation research organization, and I think NBC News uh, has has used them, more than 100 state-specific Facebook groups made up of more than 900,000 members have been created in the last couple of weeks to protest the stay-at-home orders. So there's this, it's not just a random movement, it's very organized, perhaps by some large force here. And uh, those pages have organized at least 49 different protest events. So Wow. So, yes, that, that is a large role of AstroTurf. It is indeed. Yep. 
big role. Yes, some people are genuinely aggrieved and it's killing the economy and they can't work and they're losing money and people are in food banks. It's horrible. The alternative is spreading the virus and dying. Yes, and dying. And dying. Yeah. So, yeah, the liberty or death thing, this is actually a very concrete choice. But see, this is what drives me crazy about this whole thing. Okay. If I might. You might. If I may. Nick. You see a lot of these people. And what they're complaining about is they're desperate to get to their haircutting place. They haven't had a fresh cut in a while. Oh, dear. Okay. Or they're complaining about just really the dumbest stuff. Okay. I understand you want to get your, you, you want to go back to your job. But when you're complaining about not being able to do your roots, now, folks out there can't see me. But if I don't like really wet my hair down with tons of water, I got that whole Christopher Walken thing going on. I mean, I got high, high hair right now, mm-hmm. okay? But I will not risk my family's life, my life, because I want to go and get a trim. It makes no sense. I also don't care about going to a movie theater right now. Mm-hmm. I don't care. I'll watch TV until this is all cleared over. Stay home. You've got perspective. I do have perspective. Shut up. And stay home. What is the deal here, folks? You're killing me. The, the motives are varied. and But yeah, the, the people out there is like, oh, I need to get a mani-pedi. And I'm like, do you? Right, do exactly. You? I saw that too. I'm like, yeah. are you really kidding me, folks? And I think some of those signs may have just been to troll people too. But, but I hope so. Yeah, hope but, so. but Facebook is uh, for the ones that are advertised as uh, explicitly violating uh, gubernatorial orders in certain states. Facebook is knocking those down, so... So there's something. Now, uh, video games are getting a big boost here in the lockdown life, and we're going to talk a little bit more about them later in the show. But uh, into all of that becomes Facebook. You know, they're rolling out their own video gaming service this week. Uh, It's called, uh, very creatively, Facebook Gaming. It's a mobile app. It's intended for creating and watching live gameplay, whether it be the ever-popular Words with Friends or Fortnite. Just another way to keep you engaged with Facebook and its properties. I don't really see them taking a big dent out of Twitch uh, or any of these uh, ones where people will watch celebrity gamers play. But uh, Facebook is trying trying to wheedle in there. I don't think the Youngs are on Facebook anyway. Yeah, I, th- well, I think a lot of them left a few years ago because, like, their grandmas yeah. were on there and they were like, you know, so they went to the gram and they went to the talk and they, they probably yeah, found I, something that, that those of us who are over a certain age haven't even heard about yet. A lot of people who play Words with Friends are doing it on a desktop and they just kind of sit there and that's their thing. I don't really see them whipping out their iPhones or their Android devices and firing up Facebook it. gaming and playing while they wait for the bus. So, I mean, they can't even go out now. It'll be, yeah, it's true. It'll be the Quibi of gaming. Yeah, uh, yeah it'll be so. it'll be right up there with Facebook phone. Nice. Oh yeah, yes. I forgot about that. Yeah, and then they have like Facebook camera. The yeah, the, the, yeah, the many everything. things. But uh, right. that oh, video thing. Remember, like the you know, it would be uh, your video assistant. Oh yeah, the, the they have portal. Yeah, things? they're still trying to sell the Facebook the portal. portal yeah, I yeah. think yeah, because they, they got the Muppets to advertise, and everyone was like, uh, yeah, Muppets no. 
Um, <laughs> but uh, one more little Facebook nugget here. Okay. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg wrote an editorial in the Washington Post talking about how his site could help fight and track the coronavirus through data. Because, you know, they're scooping it up left and right. Anyway, but they're uh, talking about, uh, he's saying, uh, particularly in the form of user surveys of health symptoms that can be shared with researchers and uh, then that could possibly be used for mapping and forecasting uh, the spread of the virus. So I guess people love Yes, and advertising. Yeah, have you noticed? uh, Well, you're not on Facebook. I've gotten a ton of like mask ads. But Facebook is uh, talking about uh, people love to take the surveys and the quizzes. Maybe like, hey, do you have a fever? You know, and and people are playing along, but they're they're trying to set this up so that they have questionnaires and surveys and Facebook is just uh, hoovering up all of this data that people voluntarily give. uh, And then they're sharing that with uh, medical researchers, as Zuckerberg writes. This is work that social networks are well situated to do. By distributing surveys to large numbers of people whose identities we know, we can quickly generate enough signal to correct for biases and ensure sampling is done properly, end quote. He goes on to say that Facebook is working with faculty from uh, such known institutions as the University of Maryland, New York University, your alma mater, and Carnegie mm. Mellon uh, on various uh, data projects. So so uh, they're, they're trying to use all of their uh, inclination to hoover up your info for good here. And uh, as many users have undoubtedly noticed in their feeds, including mine, now they're taking a lot of advertising dollars for the makers of crappy novelty face masks. Uh, I get nothing so let, but mask ads oh, all over I my know. feed. So. I can only imagine. Let me ask you a question. Sure. What are they going to start their this survey with? Like, hey, you got the Rona? I, I have not gotten the survey they, they could or like, you know, hey, you know, we noticed that you're you not posting as much. Are you feeling okay? <laughs> Do you got a fever? Yeah. So, <laughs> so you don't need more cowbell? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, the, I, I have not personally had one, uh, one of these surveys come my way. Uh, wow. But uh, but we'll see. So, But the, they Man, claim I to be using it for Facebook. good. I don't miss Facebook. Yeah, you don't. You, you are so free. I mean. Ugh. Don't if I didn't have relatives on there, I'd probably get off. But There you go. But moving on, um, the founders of Instagram, Kevin Systrom and Mike Krieger, uh, who sold their service to the aforementioned Facebook, they have since departed the company, but now they've collaborated to launch a new data analysis product called RT.Live which is an up-to-date tracker of how fast COVID-19 is spreading in each state. TechCrunch took a look at this uh, project that they've got, and as TechCrunch explains, RT measures the average number of people who become infected by an infectious person. I'm guessing RT means... It ain't retweet. Probably some medical thing. Um, but anyway, RT measures the average number of people uh, who become infected by an infectious person. The higher the number above one, the faster the COVID-19 uh, is racing through the population, while if the number is below one, it shows the virus virus is receding because it's not infecting as much people. I think New York was at like 0.9 the last time the gov was on. So, for example, RT Live displays that Georgia has the highest, most dangerous RT score of 1.5 of people getting infected, while New York York is actually down to a 0.54 thanks to those aggressive shelter-in-place orders that uh, Governor Cuomo placed on the entire state the last month. And Georgia just opened their beauty polish, just letting you know. Just oh, for those Manny Pads. Okay, so we're going to see what Georgia's RT score is uh, in five to 14 yeah. days. Uh, it's going to go up to triple digits. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the one thing about this thing, because we've watched so many news briefings and read so many stories, is I feel like I understand epidemiology a lot better <laughs> and how they uh, look at the rate of transmission. Oh, I bet that's what RT is, rate transmission. But uh, uh, there you go, rate of transmission. That I'm guessing. Sense. I'm guessing. You know, again, not an epidemiologist. I'm sure someone will correct me uh, in the comments. But you just play one on a podcast. Yeah. But but it's very educational uh, and and 
being encouraged. I watched the Influenza 1918 documentary again from uh, American Experience, and just to see in a lot of places we're making the same mistakes we made 100 years ago, and hey, let's just go to this giant parade as a super spreader event. Even down to like, not wanting to use masks. Yeah, so uh, very fascinating, but we'll see how the, the Instagram guys uh, do with their app. Um, moving on, uh, the online One World Together at Home concert, remember that was held last weekend by music and entertainment stars around the globe. That mm-hmm. raised more than $127 million for the World Health Organization's COVID-19 Solidarity Response. Response Fund. Uh, this was an eight-hour event that was organized by the international advocacy group Global Citizen and featured participation from dozens of stars, including uh, the two I get confused, Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, Lady Gaga, Stevie Wonder, Taylor Swift, Stephen Colbert, and I forgot they were still alive, the Rolling Stones. The Stones? Yeah, the Stones wow. were there, even though they were in four different locations uh, and they were doing this all with synchronized webcam, uh, they uh, still managed to perform You Can't Always Get What You Want for this concert. Wow. I might have to dig that up. Yeah, it's it's uh, and it raised a lot of money for an organization that uh, is is fighting to promote global public health. So, so yeah, I guess it was the live aid of uh, the pandemic uh, was this benefit uh, concert. There you go. Yes. Uh, now, sad news for comics enthusiasts. For the Uh-oh. first time in its 50-year history, the San Diego Comic-Con, normally held in July, has been canceled due to the pandemic. Fans who purchase badges uh, for the 2020 convention will be able to request a refund or transfer their badges to next year's Comic-Con, which is supposed to be uh, July 22nd through the 25th, 2021. But uh, San Diego uh, has uh, thrown in the towel. I have not heard anything on New York Comic Con, which is traditionally the first weekend of October here in uh, New York City. But given the fact that the Javits Center, where they have New York Comic Con, is right now a giant COVID-19 ward, I'm a little dubious about how fast they can clean that up and make people want to go in there. And also, as we know from influenza 1918, viruses tend to resurge in the fall, and this thing could come boomeranging back around uh, come October and so maybe a squished into the Javits Center with 250,000 people is not really where you want to be. Maybe they'll do it in the uh, Hotel Pennsylvania again. Back in the old days, yeah. Yeah. Go retro. Yeah. Go retro. So, so, uh, yeah, so, so no no San Diego Comic-Con this year. I don't know where all of those movie trailers will go, but since all these movies got delayed, maybe we're just shifting everything to 2021. And what about the cosplayers? What are they going to do? I know. It's kind of, yeah, I guess you can still do it virtually, but it's not as much fun. Now, I'm going to be in the virtual club, so I'm not going to have to. Yeah, you're, you're going to be, you know, getting your bottle service there. Of course. Club quarantine. Exactly. And finally... Still on the topic of movies, uh, but with many movie theaters closed for public health and safety concerns, the Hollywood box office has been way, 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 way down, way down. Uh, In fact, uh, as reported by Box Office Mojo and several other industry sites, the entire weekend box office report, uh, I guess for the last one, uh, April 17th through the 19th, The entire report was from one drive-in movie theater in Florida. Now, while there were other movie theater houses that were, you know, they're open randomly around the country. And you think, you know, the U.S. usually has like four or 5,000 screens at any one given time. So down significantly. But the Ocala drive-in in Ocala, Florida, was the only one that took the time to report its box office numbers. And I think it was around, it was between like three and $4,000, if that much. And they were showing a two IFC films, the World War II-themed Resistance and the psychological thriller Swallow. So this one drive, because I guess you naturally socially distance yourself if yeah, you are in course. a drive-in theater. And it's Florida, so it's warm enough to go. 
and everyone went to the drive-in and watched these movies, and maybe drive-ins are going to be on the way back if there's still any screens that are still so. standing. I know a lot of them got torn down for housing additions, but now, did you have drive-ins in the Bronx when you were growing yeah. up and, and everyone yeah, would absolutely. go? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there was one right on Bruckner Boulevard, right before you got to the bridges. Yeah, remember that, yeah. that fine, fine sound quality from the speakers and the... In fact, in my old building, when we when we were growing up, what we used to do is go up to the roof with binoculars because you can see the screen. You couldn't obviously hear it, but yeah. you can see the screen. I loved it. My parents used to pack us all into the Chevy, mm-hmm. and we would go there in our pajamas oh, because you know we would pass out by the time the end of the movie. Yeah. It was great. I love drive-ins. With a weird little metal speaker. Yeah, that that uh, high-tech thing hanging on your car window. Remember the the snack hut with the bathrooms uh, yes. sort of in the middle where they had the projector yes. and, and you could get all of the super big, especially bad for you food. And they would show, because it was always two movies uh, and because you, you're like, what well, you're only paying like maybe $2, $5 a carload. That's right. But it was it a double feature. Movie, yeah. Yeah, and you had the intermission reel with the dancing hot dogs and all of the go to the concession. I, I went to tons of drive-in movies in Indiana uh, up through high school, um, and it was really, I mean, it was so much a piece of Americana, I think, mid-century. I hope it comes back. That would be great. Yeah, I, I would not have a problem uh, with, nope, uh, with that. So, um, yay, Ocala Drive-In uh, in Ocala, Florida, for thank you for reporting your numbers um, and uh, at least proving that the box office is still alive, even though it is uh, way down. It's not, not as yeah. low as price of oil, but it's it's way down. <laughs> so uh, that, that's been a quick roundup of the news uh, this week. Um, for links to all these stories that we talked about, uh, you can find them at popchickjam.com. Up next, uh, let, let's go back in the Wayback Machine. JD. Bedroom. Have you been playing any video games? I have been playing a few. Yes, it helps to pass away the countless hours on the inside what you've been playing well i'm still i will always go back to my beloved untitled goose game just if i'm you know feeling kind of pesty just because the goose really lets me channel aggression i've been playing i am bread where you have to to nudge a piece of bread across the house to toast yourself it's it's really kind of bizarre uh so i think i talked about that before i've been playing that but even just going back to the internet archive and looking at some of the older stuff in there i was uh, in a discussion with some people who were trying to figure out if oregon trail could be used as a historical tool to describe the (laughs) western expansion and you know what what will the children of today do if they get the you're dead of dysentery screen and how will that affect their emotional health and well-being wow but even even just little, I, I play a lot of uh, airplane, you know, shooting things, games, uh, World War II yeah, stuff. Well, so I like a little Spitfire firing. My my rabbit does not like it because the the it's not quite a Merlin Royals Royce engine sound clip that they've got in there. But it it sounds you know like a motor and you know so I'm shooting things and the rabbit does not like it. Um, you got a joystick and everything? No, I, I've been playing on the, the iPad so. So you, you can use the, the gyroscope to, yeah, so, uh, you know, you're tilting the thing around uh, for, for your um, piloting. Oh, nice. So. Nice. so I've been doing some of that, and I've been looking for a good, I know they've got a lot of them, uh, virtual card games online where you can play with people across the internet. I need to find a good Euchre game so my family and I can play some cards where you don't have to sit there at the table with physical cards. You can play on a screen and 
and taunt each other that way. So, go. but but a lot of people are, are kind of receding to the comfort of uh, their childhood games. I know Amanda Hess oh, at the New York Times wrote about how she just wanted to play Mist because oh. you know she was obsessed with it when she was ten or eleven. Let me say this: Yes, Mist is the greatest game ever made. It really set the standard just for what you could do with. I'm serious. And it was it came out on like CD-ROM in '93 or something. Yeah, and it was. I remember it was impossible for me to run it for most of the time. I had to upgrade everything on my computer to get it to run. Mm-hmm. Now it's on my iPad somewhere. I got to dig it out and start playing it again. But I've been playing like cheapo, doofy, ridiculous shoot 'em ups, Quake, Serious Sam. But but they're Doom. the things that you grew up with, right? You're, are you going yeah, back to the absolutely. security blanket of your uh, your childhood oh, games? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you absolutely. find comfort in them? I do very much. More because it takes me out of the world. You know, I can I can be absorbed in this world that I'm familiar with. Mm-hmm. No surprises like the real world out here. Correct. Exactly right. I know when I'm going to go into this room. Exactly what's going to happen. I know who's going to show up. When they're going to show up how much firepower I need. And, you know, they're like ugly space aliens and stuff like that. So, I mean, it's, there's a real comfort. There's a real letting go of my stress and anxiety because, mm-hmm. hey, everyone's dealing with stress and anxiety right now. If they say they aren't, they're lying to you. So, yeah. you know, especially here in New York. Are you kidding me? No, and I think that the, the retro gaming world has seen a, a bit of an uptick. I know they have the the preloaded Atari and Nintendo uh, little consoles you could attach to your TV. Maybe you can't find those right now, but a lot of the games have been ported to touchscreen interfaces. Pac-Man, you can play on anything uh, on at this any, point. Um, on your toaster at this yeah, point. Yeah, a lot of those mall games are out there uh, in in nice touchscreen form. Uh, the Internet Archive, uh, which we talked about, even though the the playability is not super great because you're you're sort of playing an emulated version. If you just want a little taste, it's it's good just to go in there and you can find, and they have a ton of stuff. They have like DOS games and early console games, a ton of stuff just to play around and maybe spark a little bit of memory. But yeah, just so many things. You can, you know, programs to write your own games if, if you really want to to uh, take some time and uh, learn something while you're at it. So, so, and I think the because we are trapped at home, they're seeing a, a big boom also in, in just online gaming in general. People are going on, they're seeking community through this. I think Wizards of the Coast even released some free uh, Dungeons and Dragons stuff online. So, if you wanted to play in virtual environments and you weren't really familiar with D and D, they were trying. You know, it also helps their their marketing. Of course, it does. Yeah, trying to get people to reach out and connect that way. So it's gaming has really, uh, I think, found its place here, and, and maybe it was not getting as much attention uh, for a while because everyone, oh, well, we all going to talk about Tiger King or whatever. But but uh, when you get down to it, because pretty much gaming can pretty much hit a ton of age ranges, and there's so much stuff out there that somebody can always find something to play, and it's a great way to, to your point, take your mind out of the uh, harsh reality that's out there. It also occupies you, uh, so you're not, oh, I've got two hours and nothing to do on a Saturday, so you can fill that up with a game. It, it's really, uh, I think, taking us back to our roots. I think I'm going to go load up Revolt. Revolt, ooh, oh, okay. A little racing game. A little, you know, like the RC cars. I used yeah. to love that game. Oh, yeah. Now, is there any game out there that you really wish was still around that you can't find that you want to play? Oh, that's a good one. You know what? Not really, to be honest with you, because most of the games I've made sure to try to find them and download them. Mm-hmm. But what I do miss, though, is the console version, not the console, but the actual cabinet version of Galaga and oh, Galaxians. Yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember that game. 
that was epic, epic, epic. That was just a great, great arcade game. Mm-hmm. That, you know what? If if there was any cabinet that I would buy, it would be Galaga. Uh-huh. Definitely would be Galaga. Would Mrs. Kaiser let you bring a video game cabinet into the house? In our spacious, uh, yes, your palatial estate, square foot. Yeah. yeah, nah, I don't think so. I don't think that's happening unless we move to the burbs. Yeah, I don't think that's happening. Yeah, now the video game cabinet. Well, they do make like the three quarter size. You know, you can get in some of the games yeah, uh, that you're petite. To, yeah, you need the, the. And I always tell you, well, you kind of also you you need the environment you played it yes, into with the roll true. of quarters up there and that's some right. obnoxious person, you know, egging you to hurry up and finish, and then you you just won more and you played longer and you hog the machine yeah. more. And, yep, 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 yep. Yeah, and just the deafening roar because uh, you can get a little bit in Dave and Buster's, but I think Dave and Buster's is almost too much sensory overload. Like yeah, it's I thought too I was much. going deaf the last time. I was in there. No, but. even my kids, I think even my kids get overwhelmed at Dave and Buster's. Yeah, it's, it's way too much. It's a total stim fest. So, um, yes, absolutely. But yeah, well, I will put up some links to places to find retro games. Uh, should anyone nice. out there uh, not found them already or you've played a few and you're looking for other stuff to play? Uh, the Times also did a story about if you play this and you're bored, here's a game that might be similar that you can also uh, get some enjoyment out of. So, I'll put a link to that up as well. Guess what? We're going into week five or week six of. Uh, I've of lost the, count. Yeah, I don't even know what day it is. Yeah, it's. Uh, you know, I don't think it's May yet, but um, but we're getting there. We're getting there. We're, it's yes. close. Listen, you know what? I got to load up. I know I have Wolfenstein Ooh. on my iPhone. Castle Definitely. of Wolfenstein. Yeah, the three D. That is a game. You know, there's something yes. about blowing Nazis away that just really. You just, know. Oh, it's really yeah. Yeah, it's timeless. I can shoot Nazis Actually, all day. Quite appropriate nowadays, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you know, you got got to keep your skills sharp. So, uh, well, with that, we should probably thank the bros. Uh, oh, thank we you, have, bros. Uh, yambled on, and people probably want to get back to their games now. So, thank you, bros. Thank you, bros. Builtbybros.com. Build something with the bros if you think it, they will build it. And thank you, listeners. We don't know uh, where you're at or how you're doing here uh, in the global health crisis, but we hope you are safe and well. Yes, and uh, Making the best of it as you can, and one day we'll all be able to go outside again, and it will be glorious. It will be glorious. Yes, with with our you know monitor tans from months on the indoors. But uh, El Kaiser and I will be back again probably in a week or so with more news and shenanigans and whatnot. Yes, so until then, I am JD Beersdorfer, and I'm Pedro Rafael Rosa. Everyone, stay safe and spin up some video games. I got next. <laughs>